0: Escape from Herrera. Bradley trying to chip on Joe and he scores!
1: Moves in sub- Ronaldo! I swear
0: you'll never see anything like this ever again. Who's your favorite player to watch in the Premier League this season? Oh man, that's a good question. I like I liked watching Harry Kane play a lot actually because he just he just kind of embodies a perfect striker for me. He's just, you know, he's so dangerous in the box. He's great at hold up play and he changes games. I I just thought he was I had a feeling kind of, you're gonna you were gonna go with Kane. I mean he's he's well rounded forward. I think he just kinda got I don't know, put in Mohamed Salah's shadow this year. I I feel like he didn't get as much he, he obviously didn't win the golden boot and didn't win player of the year and totally Mohamed Salah if Mohamed Salah wasn't didn't exist this year, which he did, so that's not a fair argument, <laughs> um he he probably would have won a bunch more awards and and I think he would have gotten a lot more uh I think he would have gotten a lot more credit for his act- brilliant season if you look yeah, at it. Yeah. Yeah, Salah stole a little bit of his thunder because
1: it's not that Harry Kane didn't play an amazing it's season. Just, it's just it, he didn't really get the recognition he deserved for it since there was someone doing,
0: you know, even more amazing, so. Yeah, and doing it for the first time, too, that kind of also. Exactly. Salah was kind of the dress in the window. Meanwhile, Harry Kane was the one sitting on the racks producing yeah. 30 goals a season, every season, so. Yeah, quite amazing to see. Yeah. Anyways. Right, should, we, uh, should we jump into it? Sure.
1: All right. Welcome, guys, to Two Lads Football Podcast. Today, we've got a special episode. We will be discussing the Premier League in review, it was an amazing season to say the least we got to see some spectacular teams and and we'll be talking about some of the noteworthy uh, teams and and some of their accomplishments
0: yep absolutely it was a great season i i mean we kind of had high expectations coming into the season with how much some some of the teams spent and some of the new managers that were <laughs> up and coming in the in the in some of the squads so um it was i th- i thought i had a very great, awesome time watching some of the games and and, and kind of going I mean, through the story of the this season. Some of the matchups this amazing. season were just amazing. I mean, some of the games of all best games of all time. I mean, the Manchester United Man City game a few months ago was arguably one of the best uh, Manchester derbies ever to be played. So, I
1: mean, yeah, and again, Manchester United versus uh, Arsenal, another Manchester yep. United game. That game yep. was phenomenal. In my opinion, I think De Gea cemented himself as the best player in the world in that game with his double save against Alexi Sanchez before he went to yeah, United. For sure. So, I mean, just I some of the it. the performances this year were a, a
0: blessing to be able to experience. Yeah, definitely. Shall we? Uh, shall we uh, kind of go through some of the teams and and give our thoughts on how they did, some of the areas they can improve on, some of the players that really played really stood out to us. Absolutely, I think we
1: should start with the team that broke all the records and and really set the the bar this season. Manchester City. Let's do it. I mean, that was it was dominant to say the least. Just, I, yeah. Now I think what kind of fed into their success. Um, I think one aspect that isn't discussed as much in terms of City. Yeah, they they were great, but at the end of the day when they played uh, the Real Madrid and Barcelona, they're still the same old city. It was realistically the other teams in the
0: EPL didn't really live up to their standards. That's an interesting point. I I did not think you were going to bring that up, but since you did bring it up, let's talk about that. I, I agree with you completely. I think, yes, City were brilliant this year, and yes, it, all the stars kind of aligned for them this year to be so dominant, but a few of those stars and some would argue a majority of those stars were the fact that other teams just were not up to the standard that the epl usually sees in terms of competition this year Um, right and their points and
1: the records they broke um corresponding to the amount of points they got where it's a measure of the difference between them and the other teams in the league. And sure. when, when they're breaking all of these records, they're that much better than all the players in, or all the other teams in the league, excuse me. So is that to say that Manchester City is that good or the teams just didn't do that well? And it's a little bit of both. Of course, City is a phenomenal team. Um, they did amazing this season uh, domestically. But again, once you go outside and you play some of the other big teams around the world, they matched up just about... As, as well as they did before. So it's not really a, a different city, all things considered. It just clicked uh, in Absolutely. the EPL. But I, I think it was a
0: lot of the, the other teams in the league just not performing to their normal standards. Some of their games, they're scoring five, six goals, right? They break the goal-scoring record. It just shows, it just really shows how poor some of the teams in the Premier League were this season. It gets top-six competition. It just was not the same Um, as we usually see in terms of competition in the EPL this year, I just feel like there was kind of the, you know, what La Liga usually sees where Atleti and, and Real and Barcelona are the top three teams. And then everybody just really falls off a cliff after that. And the premier league, the reason it makes it such a great league is usually we have, you know, the top eight teams are all in it until about Christmas time. And then you see the top four pull away from that. Right. But, um, there's usually I mean, a steep drop off after exactly six. exactly so i mean um, and this year i mean city won the league by what, what was it 18 points they had, they ended up with 100 points and the next closest was manchester united with uh, 82 points so it wasn't even a, at the end of the day it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a contest um all right so the next point with city um do we think we can, they can repeat, man? I, I Do you think Pep's got it in him to, to throw another 100-point-plus season out there? No, and this is why, kind of going off of our last point, is that's
1: also assuming that all these other teams are going to repeat their level of performance as well. Agreed. I, th- I think other teams like Arsenal, there's, in my opinion, no reason why they should repeat uh, their... Lackluster season that they mm-hmm. had. Um, they're getting a new coach. They have the potential to have a, a great team and they might even go out and make some new investments considering that they have a new coach. So you might see the team take an entire different direction and I think there's a much greater upside. And other teams, I think, will start to turn it around. And
0: then you have, of course, you know, teams like Burnley just still performing. So. Yeah, well, and then I'm you have, parts. and then you have you know, some pretty qu- high quality teams coming up from the championship too as well. So those are going to be you know those always inject a bit of of uh, of energy into the into the uh, league as well. So and even unpredictability, absolutely because those I mean,
1: those teams haven't matched up against. Sometimes those teams haven't matched up against uh, top tier teams in you know decades. So it's a completely they, new. They very well could match up well, like you know Leicester did. Absolutely. But, so I don't think they'll be able to repeat it. They they'll have to be able to dominate the league and every team like they did this season, and I just don't see that happening. Will they still have the same base team? Yeah, they will be around the same level. I definitely think that. I don't think they'll keep their level consistently high,
0: but and then the competition will also get better. Yeah, I think I think Last thing on City is that next year, I think that they're going to move their focus away from the Premier League. Yeah, they're still going to go for it full out. But I think Pep wants that Champions League trophy for City. I think he really he wants that. He won the league now. He needs the, the Champions League. All right, so we move on to uh, spot number two, the best of the rest, good old Manchester United.
1: Yeah, the the leader of the pack, what was left of it. After what we, yeah, what it was left of the pack. Took yeah. away. <coughs> exactly.
0: I don't know how a team that plays such snooze-fest football manages to finish second in the Premier League with 82 points. I mean, I think the stat was like five of the last ten seasons, 82 points would have won the league. Yeah. Um, I, it's just... It was, they, they'd play
1: well and then give up you know, easy points on easy games. And it was just, did well here, did terrible there and for a majority of the season it wasn't very exciting football to be honest it was very predictable and just lackluster not to use the word again but
0: yeah very slow totally and you know Manchester United fans are usually are used to uh counterattacking fast-paced football right they they're used to just high excitement high-scoring games uh, just and that's just kind of the exact opposite of what we've seen this year and um I think the pressure is mounting on Jose Mourinho to kind of deliver that because United fans are, it seems like they're kind of getting fed up of um, the the style of football that we're playing and the fact that it's also not leading to success necessarily in major tournaments. So United was definitely the
1: team that played leaning forward. And Mourinho definitely brought the mentality of playing on your heels for sure to, to United, and that's not the way the the players want to play. That's not the playing that the fans want to see, and it's just not working.
0: So. And it's it's not the way that that's not the style of play that's going to win the league. I mean, you look at City this year; they were the exact opposite of that. They are full on cutthroat football that just is absolutely attack, attack, attack. Right. Not to use the Manchester United chant um, for a city, <laughs> but um, that's honestly what they did. That's honestly how they won the league. They just were absolutely ruthless in their play style and the way they approached games. Um, and they didn't lose the teams like Newcastle and West Brom and Huddersfield, right? The t- I mean, United saw defeats and ties and lost points to some of the bottom teams, and that's just unacceptable and not going to win them the league. So It wasn't um, like points were lost in... And- acceptable
1: situations a lot of points were lost in in games that need to be won and you can't for uh, a team contending the title you can't be doing that yeah that's where um, that's where city did well um, to continue on their success is they took all the points
0: they could and they capitalized on all their opportunities so totally agree so so what do you think uh, United need to do over the summer? Who do you, who do they need to bring in? Who do they not need to let go of? Who do who who needs to come in and make a difference over the summer for, for United?
1: At this point, I don't want to keep going back to the fact the leadership, the coach, but Mo needs to figure it out. Or it's just I mean, he's good, but it's still not the United. It's not clicked. It's not there. It's. Um, it's. Seems-
0: it seems like he keeps he keeps bringing up the fact that you know he doesn't didn't have the war chest that City had this last season, and he still wants to bring in some more players. Um, it seems like there's talks of a mass exodus of players from from Manchester United this year. Um, some players that are kind of fringe players that aren't really getting game time, um, and he wants to bring in some world class leaders in, which is I I I agree that United need to make that investment. Um, but I don't know. I'm worried that Mourinho might make sacrifices of other players that have an incredible amount of potential, and it might come hurt United in the, in the future. United's bought a lot of amazing players. They
1: just bought Alexis Sanchez. Now they're running out of spots. Okay? At this point, you've bought the stars. It's still not working. You need to figure it out they've got the talent with the exception of their defense you could almost say isn't figured out they need to get a left back and even a center back phil jones but i mean even still united's had one of the best defenses every year the past few years but it's just still hasn't clicked it's not they're not getting the opportunities it's not creating offensive oppor- attacks they're not getting in behind they're not capitalizing on their their attempts just doesn't work out and i agree once they get to click and i think that's when you have all the stars and no no reason to keep throwing money at the transfer market i mean yeah they need the right player at the same time so if they get the opportunity to do that they should but you've got the talent something's not working and it's not the problem
0: isn't buying more players yeah you get the feeling that you you and i did seem to Buy stars first, and players that fit into the system second. Which I personally think that it should be the other way around. Um, you should be looking to to buy players that fit into your system the way you want to play um, as a as a team. Um, and I mean, if Mourinho, if Mourinho's goal is to play cautious football, um, kind of hit on the counterattack, kind of uh, invite invite pressure on the defense. Um, and play park the bus football, I guess, as as uh, Mourinho does like to. Alexis Sanchez would be the last player I would have signed to fit into that system, if you act if you think about it. He is all about possession, quick football, Barcelona, Arsenal that that style of play, right? He's about getting the ball, getting it off his feet, getting it somebody else, and Manchester United just don't just don't play that. Play that way right now Marino doesn't play that way i think it's i think that's why alexi sanchez has really struggled this year
1: yeah i mean it's because it's the pace of the game almost united they defend slow you get back they hold back they sit back they get the ball now they move up they get up they get the the team up and it's, it's slow there isn't everything they do is slow they defend they get back everyone all 11 must be get must be behind the ball and then they win the ball and make a move forward. And then it's the same thing on attack. And then that's completely against the way Alexi Sanchez plays. And if you watch him play, he loses the ball a lot. And it's not always, you can't always put it on him. he It's after beating, you know, four players and then trying to go on at the last guy. But he also doesn't get a lot of support in the sense that, you know, he's, trying to take the ball and get at someone trying to make something happen because no one else is trying to he's trying to penetrate and create an opportunity because everyone is so lackadaisical and not trying to, to get in behind or create something quickly or put something put them on their heels you know they're waiting for the
0: perfect opportunity and that will never happen he needs someone up there to help him create absolutely so i think last point on united is just that i think this was a season of opportunity for them and i just think that they I made a real hash of it. I think they could have had an opportunity to win the league and do well in Champions League, and I just think, I just think, um, a few poor decisions and poor in uh, poor performances in games just uh, ended up being their downfall for this season. So I'm I will be interested to see what they do in the summertime. Um, they're gonna have to make moves in order to keep up with City, and uh, I will be interested to see how Jose Mourinho goes forward with this team. Yeah, it will be interesting.
1: We'll have yeah. to keep a, our finger on the pulse on that one. So, another one, one I want to talk about is Liverpool. Um, yep. So, I think Liverpool is a very interesting case this year because of their placement in the the domestic league and then uh-huh. their success
0: in the Champions League. Yep. So, what what's your opinion on Liverpool? I think they really struggled defensively in the Premier League. Um, I think that they relied too much on their center defensive mids at times so you know the Jordan Hendersons the Wijnaldums the Emery Chans they kind of relied on their midfield to be stout and perform the best they they could every single game and it just broke down and um, and Liverpool kind of suffered with their defense they didn't really have a, a really great defense I mean if you remember at the beginning of the season they were letting in goals left and right I mean Klopp couldn't close the. Klopp couldn't put duct tapes on the holes fast enough. Right? It was just. It was crazy how many goals they were letting in. And in the Champions League, it's been very interesting because I think it's been a combination of things. And we talked about kind of the stars aligning in that episode about Champions League. Um, I think they got a combination of Van Dijk at the right time. They got a really favorable group. They got a really favorable path to the Champions League. Um, which takes nothing away from them. Those are still European night games that they have to go and play, right? And and do well in. And I also think that uh, something with the players, there was just at some point in the Premier League, they had kind of noticed that they weren't going to win the Premier League very pretty early on, especially with the amount of goals that they were giving up. And also, they weren't going to... Um, they weren't going to challenge for any of the domestic trophies, so they put all their energy and focus on 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 the uh, Champions League, and I think there was some excitement and buzz around that, and they just kind of fed off of it. And any given day, right? I mean, they just they just uh, they just performed and got where they are. Also,
1: Mohamed Salah he performs well in big games, and he showed up in the Champions League, and, and not to say that he didn't in the Premier League, but I mean, you're you're also kind of. Not saying relying on one player, but Firmino and Mane produce, but they're not their the their sole source of production offensively. And to rely on one player, I think they've got to tighten up their their team. Otherwise, um, outside their top three, I guess. So uh, I think that lack of consistency in depth and um in, in their squad. Is it shows in the league because the Champions League is kind of a, a quick run of games. You know, you only have to win how many games to actually yeah. win the Champions League? Whereas yep. the Premier League is kind of consistency, it's statistics, it's more of a longer uh, race, so to speak. Yep, totally. So you're going to see those bigger disparages, uh,
0: bigger differences more. Yeah, definitely. It kind of goes back to my point about. They them noticing that they were gonna do they were gonna exactly. focus on Champions League right and so you kind of saw their their Premier League success kind of falter because they didn't have the depth to you know rest players from Champions League nights in the on the games on Saturdays and Sundays for the Premier League so I mean you just they just don't yes they have a great squad of eleven that are clicking together right now but I mean when you're bringing Danny Ings off the bench as your as your backup striker. That's a problem for Liverpool. That's something they're gonna have to address going forward. They're gonna have to bring in some players that are gonna be able to fill in spots as players go down injured next season. Because without without a without a solid bench, I mean, you're two injuries you're two injuries away from sixth place. So Yeah.
1: Depth of a squad wins the champ excuse me, depth of a squad wins the Premier League.
0: Definitely, I totally agree with that. Shall we? Uh, shall we move down to uh, to London with uh, Tottenham Hotspur? I think uh, I don't really have too much. I just I would like to give compliments to um, to uh, Mauricio Pochettino's team. I mean, he's done so much with that squad with so little investment from from the Tottenham board. I just think that he's such a He's such an incredible manager that he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the world greats. I just I felt like giving him a shout out there. That's um, a good way
1: of putting it though. His output for the mouth input that he's had or support is is amazing. It's phenomenal. It's, he is a great incredible. coach,
0: and what he's getting out of his team is a great return. Yeah, he's a what he, what I what I'm really impressed by him is is he's a really good tactician, and he understand understands the game very well but he's also a really great um, personnel manager as well, which is a combination that you don't you don't see very often. Uh, the one I can think of that's in recent times right now is Pep Guardiola, fantastic man manager, fantastic tactician. He puts all of the things together and just churns out fantastic results. Sir Alex Ferguson was the same way. Um, exactly. Citadine Zidane seems to be the same way. The one that I used to think was this way, and after watching United games this season and, and some of Chelsea games uh, the, the last few seasons that he was at Chelsea, I'm not sure that Jose Mourinho combines the two his two man management abilities and his te- tactical abilities together in the right way to be as successful as these managers up and coming and the ones that have already um, managed in their careers. I agree. I mean, you can see it in something as little
1: as their substitutes and who they choose to put onto the field in the middle of a game. Yeah. Um, when Pochettino, you know, makes a sub, it's it switches the game and and I mean, quite often the the sub is very impactful. I mean, it just instant impact, and, and you can see the game change. Uh, Mourinho, you're almost questioning his his lineups, his substitutes, and there's, absolutely the 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 way they're seen. And their coaching styles is just very evident, in,
0: in the results they they get. Yeah, and Mourinho Mourinho's man management. I mean, like with the prospect like Luke Shaw. I mean, it's all over the, it's all over the the news and and blogs and and wires too and whatnot, public. right? I mean, he's he's coming out publicly and just absolutely slamming players like Luke Shaw, right, and Martial and Rashford that they're just not good enough. I mean, what does that do to a player's confidence? I just don't I just don't really understand his whole man management techniques right now. I yeah. just it seems like he's deflecting a lot, and it just it just brings question up. I think that's something to look at this summer as well. Um, but not to get too far off track of Tottenham, I think looking forward, they should do everything in their power to keep Dele Alli... Son and uh, Harry Kane in that squad because fantastic players. They're world class already. Yeah, um, you have to retain that talent. Exactly. Just kind of like what we talked about in the uh, last episode. They've got a... They're, they have a reputation of often creating talent and selling it off with the likes of you know Gareth Bale um, and a few others. So I think that Harry Kane's kind of their new Gareth Bale. I also saw some some interesting rumors that Bale wants to make a move back to Tottenham. That would be that would be quite that would a, be amazing.
1: That would be I hope quite.
0: So. A, I know that would be that would be great for the Premier League and Tottenham. Everyone would, loves those returns. I think that makes them title contenders for sure. They're just I think Absolutely. they're one they're one difference maker away from. That's why I was gonna say.
1: This transfer window is going to be important for Tottenham because they are one player away. They really do not need a lot of players from the transfer market. They don't need to make a huge investment. They're so close to seriously threatening the title, the EPL title. So next year is going to be a a big one for them because after this uh, transfer window, they could have a serious attempt at the title. Absolutely agree. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for part one of our Premier League in review. Uh, we appreciate you joining in, listening. Again, give us a like on Instagram, comment. Just keep the conversation going. That's what we're about here at Two Lads Podcast. And we'll have a part two to
0: follow up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Two Lads Football Podcast. If you guys like what you heard and want to hear more, hit that subscribe button and join the Two Lads family. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Two Lads Podcast. We want to hear from you guys and we'll also be posting some great content.